Hewitt Lane, Stephen Choir. Let's give them another hand. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that when we have a right relationship with Jesus, there's a peace that flows. As we lift God higher and his glory is evident in our lives, then peace flows from that. We thank you for that. Father, prepare our hearts now to receive your word. Help it to be like fertile soil. So, Lord, prepare the soil of our hearts. Forgive us for any shortcomings or failures, any distractions we give to you. And we just pray that through your word that we would be encouraged, renewed, and changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we begin, we have a fun little video for you guys. Maybe we'll, okay, it's the one right after that, if it shows up. There we are. Once was a town that worked so hard, there was just no time for play. But that all changed on this one particular day. of you have ever seen that commercial for Six Flags. I wonder how old that man is. Isn't that amazing? I hope when I'm that age, I am still with it. Uh, The Lord laid on my heart a few weeks back to do a message on aging. As I asked you a few weeks ago, some of you may have heard a point on aging, but I don't, I've never heard a whole sermon on aging. And God just kind of laid this on my heart. And it's really relevant because many of you know there's many in our churches, that, many people in our church that are suffering. Uh, we got three at Mission Hospital right now. And one is my father. For those of you who have asked about him, I appreciate your prayers. He, um, he basically, we rushed him to the hospital this week. And he was in the ER. And it was one of those things like you see in a movie. Uh, his eyes rolled in the back of his head. His heart stopped. And for seven seconds, he was dead, and then his heart came back, and it was just one of those surreal moments. What had happened is his kidneys shut down, and by God's miraculous healing power, he's, his kidneys are working again, and he's recovering and going through dialysis, so we thank God for your prayers and for the miracle. But, you know, how do you have an encouraging perspective on aging and eventually dying? How is that possible? If you've ever thought about getting older, if you've ever thought about dying, which is like everybody over 20... Um, this message is going to have relevance because it's one of those things, the reason why we haven't heard many messages, I think, because the truth is there in God's word. We just have to dig it out. So on your listening guide, there's six pages. If we don't get through all of it today, we can do a part two next week. But it's interesting when you think about aging. It's one of those things that's a reality of life. Uh, a few things uh, I want to tell you about. I was reading about this older gentleman. 
He once said that he played tennis, and he said, when I was young, I played tennis as singles, you know, one-on-one. But once I hit my 30s, then I played doubles. He said, I will not tell you how old I am, but when I play now, there are 28 people on my side of the court. (laughs) So they asked the lady who was 102 about the benefits of living past 100. And after a little pause, she said, no peer pressure. (laughs) John Fetterman was the rector of a church in Wisconsin. And he told of an elderly lady who died and she had never married And he got an unusual funeral request. Her request was there's going to be only female pallbearers. She said, no guy would take me out while I'm living. And you better believe no guy's going to carry me out when I'm dead. (laughs) Henry Durbanville in his book, The Best is Yet to Be. I want to read this to you. And this will kind of set the, the tone for the message. I feel sorry for the folks who don't like to grow old. I revel in my years. They enrich me. I would not exchange the abiding rest of the soul, the measure of wisdom I have gained from the sweet and bitter and perplexing experiences of life, nor the confirmed faith I now have, the love of God, for all the bright and uncertain hopes and the tumultuous joys of youth. Indeed, I would not. These years are the best of my life. The way grows brighter. The birds sing sweeter. The wind blows softer. The sun shines more radiantly than ever before. I suppose that my outward man is perishing, but my inward man is being joyously renewed day by day. Amen. Robertson McQuilkin on aging said, God has planned the strength and beauty of youth to be physical, but the strength and beauty of age is spiritual. We gradually lose the strength and beauty that is temporary so that we'll be sure to concentrate on the strength and beauty that is forever. Isn't that amazing? So he said, when you're young, the beauty's physical. But when you get older, you realize true beauty is spiritual. It's that which lasts forever. Can I get amen? Now, there are some aging mysteries in the Bible. First of all, you have Sarah. um, And these are kind of anomalies. Uh, We don't know her exact age, but she was around 89. And the king of Gerar, Abimelech, wanted to marry Sarah. Thought she was beautiful and attractive at 89 years old. That's, That's kind of a mystery. And all the ladies said, give me some of that, right? Two people in the Bible who never died, Enoch and Elijah. By the way, you're listening on it says Moses, cross that right out and write Enoch and Elijah. It's kind of amazing to think about two people that never died. I mean, what would that be like? I, my family and I, we talk about we'd all love to go to heaven together. And the only way that's possible, other than de- dying together, is the rapture. So I would love for the rapture to take place and we could just go straight to heaven. Moses was interesting. And the scriptures on your listening guide, this is... This is kind of mind boggles my mind. It says Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. So here's the question I asked the first service. Why did Moses not age like the typical person? said his eyesight was fine and his strength was still there. Now this is just sanctified speculation. But could it be that Moses didn't age like other people because he was in God's presence so much, the glory of the Lord? He still died, but he died in strength, not in weakness. And he was buried by God himself. So kind of a preview of today's message. Uh, there's so many truths throughout the Bible. and This could easily be a, a three or four part series, but I'm going to do my best to get through most of it today. But I want to give you guys kind of the big picture perspective on aging, what the Bible says 
and then kind of narrow it down to the, the everyday. Because a lot of times you guys get the eternal perspective. You're like, but that doesn't help me uh, thinking about eternity when I'm in the hospital bed suffering. What about now? What about my life now? So we're going to get there at the end of the message. So hang with me. So a few big picture perspectives. The first one is this. We are to see our, life, our present lives here on the present earth as temporary, not permanent. We are to see our present lives on the present earth as temporary, not permanent. The reason why I say present lives and present earth is there's going to be a life beyond this earth. And also this world, as we know, it's going to change. It's going to be purified by fire. So this world, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. It's going to be purified. It's going to be different. Look at First Chronicles 29:15 on your listening guide. It says, we are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land, as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. So notice the phrase of visitors and strangers. And the same, same theme, 1 Peter 2, it says, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. So folks, this, the idea is when you go on a vacation and you check into a hotel room, you don't plan to stay there forever, right? Just a few nights. From an eternal perspective, this world, even if you live to be 120, um, it's just a few days. So don't get so used to it. Don't get so tied up to this world. And we're going to talk about why we don't want to die. That's, that's a natural part of the human process. We don't want to die. As the song says, everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. It's true. A second big picture perspective is we are to view our bodies as a temporary tent, not as a permanent palace. We are to view our bodies as a temporary tent, not as a permanent palace. And it's 2 Corinthians, if you want to turn there, not 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. It says, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not made by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with their heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden because we, not, we do not to be wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given this spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now, I wish we had 30 minutes just for that one text, but to highlight on the, the topic of aging, what Paul says, when you think about your body, your body's a tent. It's a temporary tent. So here's a paradigm shift that really will radically change the way you think about life. Did you know that you're not getting older? Your tent is. Think about it. You are not your tent. Now, the tent is a part of you, but it's not you. The reason why I say that, the Bible says the tent is temporary. It's just like a tent that you're going to fold up. So when your tent starts to fall apart, it, it starts to get holes in your tent. Realize this tent, as my identity, is not in my tent. Just like a hermit crab, my, my daughter Noelle got two hermit crabs this summer. The hermit crab gets in the shell, but then it discards the shell for a better shell. In the same way, this body, and the body is... Great, by the way, it's a temple of God, but it's a tent. So here's the thing. You can actually think, think differently. As you get older, you're not really getting older. I mean, from eternal perspective, you're living forever. You're just changing tents. So think about that. I'm not getting old. My tent is. 
Isn't that a paradigm shift? So the older your body gets, from an eternal perspective, you're getting closer to your forever body. So look at the person next to you and say, I'm not getting old. Just my tent. <laughs> and that, that alone will change the way you think about aging. You're not getting old, it's just your tent. Because you're going to live forever, you're only going to exchange from tent to permanent palace. I think that's so beautiful. And notice in verses 2 and 3, it says we groan. We don't want to die. We have suffering. We don't want to be unclothed. In other words, we don't, we, we don't want the unknown. We don't want to be unclothed. But what, what Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians is you're going to be clothed completely. Instead of having a tent, you're going to have a permanent dwelling place, a permanent house. So think about it like this. Death is only, for the Christian, by the way, this is only true for the Christian. Death is me just exchanging my tent for a permanent palace. That's, that's a beautiful shift. My grandmother, some of you have heard me tell this story, but nine years ago when she was dying, we were in her hospital room on her deathbed. My grandmother was very, she was a Christian, but very superstitious. She never wanted to go to funeral homes. She never wanted to drive by a graveyard. I guess the thinking was, if I drive by the graveyard, I may be there next. I don't know what, what her mindset was. But on the day she died, she was at complete peace. The presence of God was in the room. We were singing the good old hymns that she loved, Amazing Grace, Blessed Assurance, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And on the day she died, her mind was so clear, she was given instructions about her funeral. She, was, she gave my mom her birthday money. It was right around the time of her birthday. Folks, she even gave her last tithe check. She's like, I want you to put this in the church right on the day she was dying. And one, one thing God gave me... Uh, Based upon this passage, and she was a wondering soul. She'd go from place to place, always wanting a nicer home or nicer place. And I said, Grandmother, in comparison to eternity, even if you lived in a mansion here on earth, it would be like living in the ghettos. Imagine a drug-infested ghetto where there's violence and shootings all the time. And imagine a relative that has a mansion and said, I want you to come live in my mansion with me. I've got a room for you. It's, it's great. You'll never have to worry again. After you've moved into the mansion, would you ever want to go back to the ghetto? So, friends, all of you have very beautiful tents, by the way. But in comparison to what's to come, there's no comparison. You have a tent, but God is preparing a permanent palace. All right. And one more thing before we go to the next thing. You notice it says that we're going to be swallowed up by life. I was reading a story about a pastor. He was with one of his church members, and they were dying. They were on their deathbed. And he said to himself, my, 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 this person's being swallowed up by death. You know, death's overtaking this person. The Holy Spirit spoke to that pastor, gently rebuked him and said, this person is not being swallowed up by death, but by life. Whenever you reach the end of your life, death is not consuming you. Life is. You're just getting rid of your tent. So that's those two paradigm shifts. My body, my shell is not who I am. That's just my tent. I've got a new glorified body that's coming. And the second paradigm shift, when you die, you're not being swallowed up by death. You're being swallowed up by life. Those two things can change the way you think about death. The next thought, big picture perspective, before we get on the specifics, is from an eternal perspective, being with Jesus in a glorified perfection is infinitely better than dwelling here on earth in a fallen body, living in a fallen world, 
and not being at home yet with Jesus. Back to 2 Corinthians, if you'll look on your listening guide. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7. It says, Therefore we are confident, always confident, and know that as long as we are home in this body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away, with, away from the body and to be home with the Lord. So Paul said, if you really get God's understanding on aging and death, if you knew what your new body was going to be like, it's going to be much better than this body. If you knew what your new place was going to be like, it's going to be infinitely better than this place. You would want to die yesterday and go to heaven yesterday. That's how great it is. So he said, we long to be at home with the Lord. Many of you have heard people say that the senior adult years is the sunset years. Anybody ever heard that? From the biblical perspective, it's not the sunset years, it's the golden years. The reason why, though your outward tent may be falling apart, inwardly you're getting younger. Inwardly you're being renewed. So in a way, the older you get, if you're growing closer to God, you're growing younger inside. When you look in the mirror, you see, instead of the person you are, look on the inside, who you really are. My dad will tell you this today, even though he died for, I guess it was seven seconds, he'll tell you, in my mind, I'm still young. And that's, that's the reality. I am not my shell. I'm not my tent. It's who I am on the inside that who I am. Just like that hermit crab. I'm going to change shells for a much better one. But I'm not my home. I just, I'm inside my home. So every day you're walking closer and closer to Jesus. And you're getting closer to closer to walking on that street of gold. So why do we get so used to walking on asphalt and loving this world? When the world beyond has a street made of pure gold. I don't know about you, but I, I'm gonna ready to exchange my asphalt for gold when the time comes. Amen. So we, we had a big picture perspective that I am not my tent. The tent is personal. It's part of me, but I'm going to discard my tent. It's what's inside that really is me, that my soul, the body, I'm going to get a new one. By the way, on a side note, uh, I had this college pastor back at Biltmore Days. Um, this was about 18 years ago. He was a shorter guy. And he said, you know, he was, he was a little shorter. And he said, I've already put in my pre-ordered glorified body. I don't know if God will answer my prayer, but I've ordered that when I get to heaven, I'll be six foot six with a six pack. So God can say no, but we'll see what happens. So is it possible to have the wrong perspective on aging? When your body is hurting, when you're in the hospital more than not, uh, when, when you're on your deathbed, is it possible to have the wrong perspective. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 4. This passage really serves as a beautiful example of going through struggles in life, but I think there's direct applications on aging we can apply. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Another word for, you know, your earthen vessel, your tent. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Look at verse 14. 
knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, talking about the resurrection, and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And I want you guys to underline that in your scripture. If you're aging, if you're sick, these principles will change your mind. You don't have to lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, so even though your tent is getting older, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and weight, eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So here are seven paradigm shifts about aging. If you've ever been concerned about getting older, aging, sickness, and death, these are seven things from this text that will really change the way you think about it. Number one, true treasure is on the inside, not the outside. As we've mentioned, this body is a temporary tent. So don't identify with your shell. It's so funny with our tents. We get tent lifts. We put makeup on our tents. We put lotion on our tents. Um, we, we try to make our tents look good. All that's good. I'm not minimizing any of that. Make your tent look good, right? Nothing wrong with that. But realize it's a temporary tent. God's got something far better on the other side than what you're presently experiencing. Number two, as we age, we learn that true hope is in that which lasts forever. So in verses 8 and 9, how can he say we're, we're struck down but not destroyed? We're perplexed but we're okay. How, how is that? Well, they're not living for this present world. If as Christians we're living for this present world and we got all this persecution and sickness and death and dying... We should be depressed, right? But because this world is just a small glimpse, a small page in the book that lasts forever, we don't get, to, we don't get depressed. Because we place our faith in not that which is now, but that which is to come. The psalmist in Psalm 73 says, Who have I in heaven but you? And there is none on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So if you've ever been afraid of death or dying, know that you're just exchanging tents. That's it for the believer. Now, if someone in here is not a believer, I would encourage you to accept Christ today because these principles that are so great are only true if you're in Christ. Number three, true life and lasting life are found in Jesus and not myself. Notice in verses 10 through 12, he talks about the, the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus. He's carrying around that so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Here's the beauty about it. The reason why we have life, the reason why we have hope is because we have Jesus. So if, if you're focused on the external thing, your shell, your tent falling apart, your tent not looking, it, it, it's a reality that all humans face. We don't minimize it. We don't discount the emotions. Those are all real. But what I'm encouraging you to do is place your hope in heaven. Place your hope in eternity. Number four, the closer I get to the end, the closer I get to the beginning. You're like, what are you talking about? The closer I get to the end of my life, the closer I get to the beginning of forever. So from an eternal perspective, those of you who are older than some, you're actually younger than those who are younger because... The rest of us are staying on here a little bit longer 
and our tents are getting older. You're getting closer to your tent that will last forever. So from an internal perspective, it's flipped. Instead of the older people being older, you're just getting closer to a brand new palace. You're getting rid of that tent and exchanging it for a palace. So for those of us who are younger, from an internal perspective, we envy you because you're, to be with the Lord is far better than to be here on earth. Amen. But so many of us are just clinging on to this world because that's all we know. But if we could just pull back the veil with Paul, we'd say to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It's far, far better. Number five, the older I get on the outside, the younger I can grow on the inside. Look at verse 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So in other words, the tent, you can fix it up. You can get a tent lift. You can put makeup on the tent. You can put lotion on the tent. You can exfoliate the tent. But it's still getting older. But inside, you can be renewed. It's like you can feel younger. And by the way, even though you exchange tents, you're going to live forever with God as a Christian. Amen. So it's, it's, it's ageless from that perspective. Number six, a moment of pain is worth an eternity of glory. So for those of us who are suffering with sickness or we have people in our families, like I mentioned, my father, my father and others, and you, you have people in your family. We have people in this church who are praying for Betty and Steve and many others. It's really sad from a human perspective, aging. Nobody wants to die. But when you view it from heaven's perspective, if you knew what God had on the other side, we would let go of this world so fast. It's like so many times we're praying people out of glory and we're praying them back into this fallen body and sickness. I truly believe it. I pray and God has miracles. I think the reason why we pray people out is for the family. But it's also we want people to fill their purpose. But if their purpose is complete, then you know what? If they, if they could just get on the other side, they would never want to come back. They would, they would be like, why did you pray me out of heaven? I should have went yesterday. So a moment of pain is worth an eternity of glory. So verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So for those of us who have to suffer in the present, for those of us who are in pain in the present, God has all eternity to make it up to you, to show you his love. So if you have 110 years of suffering, Think about the worst case scenario. You have all eternity with Jesus to make it up for you. So a moment of pain as a Christian is worth the weight of glory. Somebody say amen. Number seven, I can stay young inside if I refuse to focus on the temporary and fix my focus on the eternal. Look at verse 18, 2 Corinthians. It says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. And folks, I stand up here confessing my own sin. I, I do the same. But when we look on external, you know, it could be health, it could be physical appearance, it could be finances, whatever the temporary, we get depressed. And um, Paul says that if you focus on that, you're only focusing on the temporary. Instead, in the morning, when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't look like I did 10 years ago. You know what you could do is you could flip the mirror and say, I'm far wiser than I was 10 years ago. I'm closer to Jesus than I was 10 years ago. 
God's taught me so much in 10 years. I don't want to go back. So, friends, I want to encourage you from an eternal perspective. It's not your best life now. It's your best life later. God's got something far greater in store. And I know there's people in here, the, the, those of you who love practical application, the pragmatists in here is like, that's great, Timothy, eternal. But what about now? What about now when I'm suffering in the hospital and my heart's failing, when my organs are shutting down? How can I, have, how can I still have the pep in my step? How can I still have the joy of the Lord? Well, I'm glad you're asking that question. Because now I want us to go a little more narrow and talk about present tense. We've talked about the eternal, and we get that as Christians. Your, your tent is not you. It's a part of you. It's personal, but you're going you're to get rid of that tent, and you're going to get something new. When that tent dies, you don't die. We've talked about that whenever you die, you're not being swallowed up by death. You're being swallowed up by life. So it's actually a positive thing. But here's practical. Number one, here's how to stay young. Here's how, like my father, to say, I still feel young inside. Even though this body's fallen apart, I still feel like I'm 20 inside. How do you do that? Number one, stay hungry, curious, fresh, and keep bearing fruit in your latter years. Stay hungry, curious, fresh, and keep bearing fruit in your latter years. Look at Psalm 92. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now think about that. How many older people, talking about tents, how many older people, body-wise, do you see as fresh and flourishing and alive and vivacious? How, many, how come there's so few? I think it's because we forget. This world is not what we're living for. We're living for something far beyond I remember Bill Kishner, he was a mentor of mine. He was in his 70s, and you would think the guy was like 17, and he was so full of energy. Even when his health, you know, his wife passed away, he just stayed full of God's presence. And part of it was he was curious. Curiosity will keep you young on the inside. When you're like, I don't need to learn, I don't need to grow, I don't need to read a book, I don't need to go to that message, I don't need to go to that seminar, you start to grow old on the inside. Here's the thing, even though your body is getting older, you, the person of you, don't, don't have to get older. You can stay young and fresh if you choose to do so. Aging is a choice on the inside. You can't control your tent, but remember the tent is just a shell. It's not you. You're going to get something permanent. F.B. Meyer once confided to his friend about aging. And he says, I do hope my father will let the river of my life keep flowing fully until I finish. I don't want it to end in a swamp. I love that. He's like, I want God to continue to bless. I don't want old age to become a swamp, but there's nothing new, nothing exciting. Number two, second principle on how to stay young, even though your tent is getting older. How to grow younger while you're getting older. Number two, allow the Holy Spirit to keep you dreaming again like you were young again. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you dream again like you were young again. We talk about this a lot on Wednesday nights. If you ever come to Wednesday nights, we mention this. The prophet Joel talks about in the last days, when the Holy Spirit's poured, poured out, and by the way, this happened in the book of Acts, it says young men will see visions and old men will do what? Why would an old man dream dreams? From an earthly perspective, it's like how much time do you have left? What business do you have dreaming? But from God's perspective, 
you're not living for longevity, but you're living for legacy. Longevity is I'm just trying to make it till this age and keep holding on. and I'm just trying to survive and hang in there. That's longevity. Legacy is I want to do something that's going to impact the generations to come. I'm not just trying to live with no purpose. I'm trying to live as long as I can for the glory of God so I can impact as many lives as I can. Amen. So if you are spirit-filled, and what I mean by spirit-filled, I'm not talking about spiritual gifts. That's the difference. You can be spiritually gifted and not spiritually full of God's presence. But being spirit-filled means every day you surrender your life to God. Every day you ask God to fill you and lead you and guide you. As the Holy Spirit fills you, he gives you new dreams. So if you're starting to feel old on the inside, you need to ask God to give you new dreams. What are you dreaming for 2019? What new vision do you need to grab a hold of? Allow God to do that. And as that happens, you'll feel like a young man or young woman again on the inside. Amen. Number three, third principle of how to grow younger while your body gets older. Number three, reframe your age. God has given me a long life for a purpose to declare God's glory to the next generation. Look at look at the psalm there. Psalm 7118. Now, when I am old and gray-headed, parentheses, some of us have put ball-headed or whatever it may be, gray or whatever. Oh, God, do not forsake me until, I have that underlined in my scripture, until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. So here's the idea. If God has let you, let you live a long life, it's not for your sake, primarily. It's for the sake of the generations to come. So the reason why you're still breathing out is God still has a purpose. Are you fulfilling the purpose of telling the present generation and the generations to come? Are you telling your kids and grandchildren and great-grandchildren? Are you telling the people around you? If you have lived a long life, this psalm tells you it's to declare God's glory to the next generation. Number four, live each day with passion and purpose because life is short and all of our days are numbered. So if you want to stay young on the inside, no matter what the outside is, is dealing with, look at the Psalms here. The days of our lives are 70 years. So if you've lived past 70, God's blessed you with a long life already. And if by reason of strength, there are 80 years. So if you're older than 80, God's given you extreme grace. Look at verse number 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What if God has allowed you to live this long to achieve your best achievements for God? What if he's saving the best for last? I wrote down a few people who did great things in older age. The Earl of Halsburg was 90 when he wrote a 20-volume revision of English law. I know Judge Martin would probably be interested. I don't know if I would choose that topic, but 90 years old, a 20-volume when he began to revise it. Um, Goethe wrote the Faust at age 82. Think about the 82. Galileo made his greatest discovery when he was 73. Hudson Taylor was almost 70. He was 69 and still vigorously working on the mission field, opening up new territories in Indonesia. And in the Bible, Caleb, when he was taking out giants, he was 85 years old. So what if God's going to raise you up to be a giant slayer in your 80s? What if he saved you for this time, for this reason? What would that look like? Principle number five, how to grow younger even when your tent gets older. Number five, look to God to give you renewed strength and vitality 
when you are weak and weary. Here's the truth. No matter what age or stage, you get weak, you get weary, you get sick. But look what the prophet says. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall be weary and faint, and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So in this text, it talks about renewing your youth, renewing like an eagle. And look at the next scripture here. It says, who crowns your life from destruction, Psalm 103, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like what? Like the eagle. So why? Why in the Psalms and Isaiah does it give the eagle as an analogy? Well, if you've ever studied eagles or watched the Discovery Channel, there's different species. One type of eagle species, whenever they start to get old and their feathers are kind of weighing them down, this type of eagle species will pluck out every single feather until there's no feathers or very little. And they will kind of hide out in solitude and be protected until the feathers grow back. And then when the feathers grow back, the eagle will fly like it's young again. There's another species of eagles that will hit a body of water. And with the friction of the water and the water rubbing, a lot of the old feathers will drop off. And the eagle will wait on the shore and eat whatever food's available and protect itself until the new feathers grow and it can fly again. So here's the truth. As Christians, you are meant to soar like eagles. The problem is over time we develop turkey feathers. We develop turkey feathers that make us appear older than we are. We develop turkey feathers that make us have an attitude older than we really are. So some of us struggle with a bad attitude feather. And this feather really keeps us from soaring. Our outward person is perishing, but we're so focused on the temporary and the temporal that we just complain. Some of us have the comparison feather and our favorite phrase is it must be nice. You look over this person over here, must be nice, their spouse is still living, must be nice, this is happening. And we start to compare, and it weighs us down, and it makes us feel older than we should. Some of us have the good old day feathers, where it's like, I remember back in the good old days, life was so much better. Life was so sweet. The good old days may have been good, but you may have a short-term memory of the bad things that happened in the good old days. The woe is me feather. Man, my, my life is just horrible. We turn into Eeyore as we get older. Or what about the critical spirit feather where everything is negative and we have a negative remark for everything? Friends, if you want to soar, if you want to feel young on the inside, you have to get rid of the turkey feathers. And then God will help you fly. Amen. Or ouch. Number six, embrace this promise. God is always with me. And he will take care of me all the days of my life. Our existence on this world is just temporary. We are just pilgrims passing through as we've read. But look at Isaiah 46, verse 4. It says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will take care of you. I will carry you along and save you. So here is the truth, friend. God is going to be with you all your days. Even when your hair gets white or falls out, he's with you. When your body gets sick and your tent is getting ready to be rolled up, remember that death for the Christian is not just the end of you. It's just getting rid of your tent and exchanging it for something far better. 
I want to read to you this poem by Johnny Roberts. It's called Not Growing Old. They say that I am growing old. I've heard them tell it time untold in language plain and bold. But I am not growing old. This frail old shell in which I dwell, it's growing old. I know full well, but I am not the shell. What if my hair is turning gray? Gray hairs are honorable, they say. What if my eyesight grows dim? I can still see to follow him who sacrifices life for me upon the cross of Calvary. Why should I care if time's old plow has left its furrows in my brow? Another house not made with hand awaits me in glory land. What though I falter in my walk? What though my tongue refuse to talk? I can still tread the narrow way. I can still watch and praise and pray. My hearing may not be as keen as in the time it has been in the past. Still I can hear my Savior say, it whispers this soft, this is the way. This outward man, do what I can to lengthen out this life short span, shall perish and return to dust, as everything in nature must. The inward man, the scriptures say, is growing stronger each and every day. Then how can I be growing old when safe within my Savior's fold? Ere long my day shall fly and leave this tentment of clay. This robe of flesh I will drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. I'll meet you on the streets of gold and prove that I am not growing old. So here's the beautiful thing about it, Christian. You don't have to grow old. Even though your tent is getting older, you don't have to get older on the inside. You can be renewed day by day. Two more principles and then we're finished. Number seven, wear your crown because you have deserved it. Did you know that old age is a crown? There's a few crowns the Bible talks about. There's a crown of children and grandchildren. For those of you who have children and grandchildren, Proverbs 17:6, children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. So think about that. And for those of you who don't have kids, you can be a spiritual parent to others. The crown of gray hair, the glory of young men is their strength and the splendor of old men is their gray hair. As in John chapter 2, Jesus saved the best wine until when? Until the very last. I don't know from experience, but I've been told that wine gets better in time. And the same is true and can be true of you. If you are a believer growing in Jesus every day, what about these days? As you get older, like fine wine, you should be better in time. Amen. Number eight. Encourage yourself by remembering that he knows the number of your days. And by the way, he has the power to extend them if he so desires. The prophet, Heze- prophet Isaiah came to Hezekiah and said, Hezekiah, get your life in order because you're going to die. You need to set your house in order. Hezekiah humbled himself, wept tears before God and prayed. And God sent Isaiah back and said, God's heard your prayers. Does anybody know how long he lived after that? Fifteen more years. So maybe you pray the prayer of Hezekiah. God, until my time is fulfilled, help me have 15 years youth. Keep me going. Amen. Honoring your parents can extend your life. So for those of you who took good care of your parents and grandparents, and you're doing that now for them, the Bible says that can extend your life. The fear of the Lord can prolong your life. So I want you to think about it like this. 
as Paul was in prison and he was wor- not worried, but he was thinking through, should, am I going to be released? Am I going to live? Am I going to die? His commentary serves as a good closing thought. He said, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to paraphrase this in Philippians 1. He said, I, I long to be with Christ, which is far better, but to be with you, it's needful and I can have fruit. He said, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And his commentary serves as a good example for us. If you're living, it's because God wants you to have fruit and do things for him. Not just to live for longevity, how long you can live without dying, but how long you can live on purpose and make an impact upon others. So as we close, here's some great prayers to pray while you're getting older. What are some good prayers based upon what we've talked about today? What are some good prayers? Here's one prayer. Lord, help me to die at a good old age, having enjoyed life, your blessings, and help my children's life to exceed mine. And we get that prayer from David and Solomon in First Chronicles 29. It says, he died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Then his son ruled in his place. So we could read that scripture and say, God, you bless David. I want to make this scripture a prayer. Another prayer. Lord, help me to die young. As late as possible. Think about that. Help me to die young as late as possible. How can you die young as late as possible? Remember, you are not your shell. Your body is just a tent that you're going to fold up. It's going to die. But that's not you. It's part of you and it's personal, but it's just the shell. God's got something eternal waiting for you. Amen. I conclude with this poem I've read before, but I wanted to remind you. It's so good. Jason Lahan. I can't believe this is written by a teenager, but this reminds us how we need to realize that life is precious. He says, it was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall I wanted. The colorful leaves, the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted. The beautiful snow, the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring I wanted. The warmth and the blossom of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted. The freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 I wanted. The youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle-aged I wanted. The presence of mind without limitations. My life was over, but I never got what I wanted. So here's, we've talked about thousand scriptures and 20 points today but here's the sermon in a sentence we'll throw it on the screen here and i want you guys to 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 say it with me my goal is to die young as late as possible living every day for god's glory and fulfilling my purpose potential and destiny During my lifetime. So here it is, friends. We've talked about a lot of scripture, but the two paradigm shifts, I think, that will change our minds. And honestly, I had to repent of my own mind because I I didn't have this embedded. But if we focus on our bodies, we're focused on that which is temporary. I am not my shell. My body's going to die, but I'm going to get a glorified body. So so don't find your identity in your body. Your, Your identity is always in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that should be a paradigm shift. The second paradigm shift is when you get close to dying, you're not swallowed up by death. You're being swallowed up by life for the believer. And that just, 
that boggles me. That pastor that the Lord convicted him and said, no, you got it wrong. This saint is not being swallowed up by death. They're being swallowed up by life. They're just exchanging tents for a palace. Let's pray. Father, it's a lot of scripture to absorb. I realize that. But I pray that we'd walk away with this one thought that as a believer, as a Christian and, and, and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though our tent is getting older inside, which is the real us, we are not our shell, we can get younger. We can be full of life and vitality, even in old age bearing fruit. So, Father, I want to pray first for the believers. And this, as we're praying, if this is true for you, if you've had the wrong mindset of aging, and it's been temporary and it's been about death and dying. And all those are natural emotions. But if God has spoken to you saying, don't, don't focus so much on the tent. Don't focus so much on the here and now. Focus on me. Focus on eternity. If you're like me, just, just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. My mindset was on the temporary and the temporal, not the eternal. Because Jesus, I know I'm going to trade this temporary tent for a permanent palace. So forgive me for focusing on the tent so much. And for those of you who are sick and suffering, we don't minimize that whatsoever. But we pray for you that as long as God has a purpose for you, for your kids and grandkids, that God will heal you. God will restore you. And you will keep living as long as you can for the glory of God until he takes you home. But from this day forward, you won't live just to have longevity. You will live for legacy. As the believers continue to pray, if there's one here today that... You heard these great promises from God's word that when you die, it's actually a promotion. It's an upgrade from a tent to a palace. But these principles are not true if you're not a believer. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord, and that means that you believe he died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. And he asked you to turn from your sin and turn to Christ. If you've never done that, right where you're sitting, just say, Jesus, I want these promises to be true for me. Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. I want you to come into my life. I want to make you Lord and Savior. I believe, Jesus, the promises. I believe that you came and you died for me and you rose again. Jesus, I give my life to you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, we want to welcome you to God's family. Father, thank you that even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is growing new and being renewed day by day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time we're going to have our closing hymn. I'll be at the front. I'm going to ask Adam to come to the front. We're going to be our prayer team for tonight, for today. And as I said, if you're, if you're sick or suffering, we don't minimize that. We believe God still heals. I truly believe that. I've seen it even in my own dad's life and many others where God's done supernatural healings. If you need a mindset change that you've been so focused on the temporary that you've got discouraged... You've grown old on the inside, and you want God to make you young again on the inside. You can come forward. The goal is to die young as late as possible. The goal is to live every day for God's glory. If you need any prayer, Adam and I will be at the front. So please stand and respond as the Lord leads.